Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Jane, a clinic management software and EMR. Whether you're just starting to do your research or you've been contemplating switching your software for a while now, the Jane team understands that the process can feel intimidating. That's why their goal is to provide you with all the onboarding resources you need to make the switch as soon as possible. Jane offers a personalized call to set up your account, a free data import, and a variety of online resources to get you up and running quickly. And if you ever need a helping hand along the way, you'll have access to unlimited phone, email, and chat support included in your Jane subscription. If you're interested in learning more, book a one-on-one demo at jane.app switch. And if you decide to make the switch, don't forget to use the code HEAL1MO, that's HEAL1MO, at sign up to receive a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Over 34 million people are admitted to America's more than 6,000 hospitals every year. The average stay is five to six days, but some patients will stay for months at a time, and some of them will never leave. Hospitals themselves are not a dream destination. They're extremely busy, they're very loud, and the energy is often frenetic. As much as the hospital staff tries to make patient experiences better and bearable, it's a tall order, especially for a system that is so very, very stressed after the cataclysm of the early COVID pandemic. There aren't many services in a hospital that focus solely on patient quality of life. Most departments are focused on making people better, not making them comfortable. But there is a small and growing trend of integrated providers whose purpose is solely patient and sometimes staff comfort. These providers are massage therapists. Welcome to The Rub. I'm your host, Corey Rivera, licensed massage therapist and information magpie. Join me as I explore the history, development, research, philosophies, and realities of the massage therapy profession. Massage therapy carries an immense amount of potential to help both patients and staff deal with the reality of illness. A slowly growing number of hospitals around the country employ massage therapists either as independent contractors or as hospital employees. This is a job that many massage therapists dream of. The idea of steady employment in one location without having to do bales of laundry all the time is extremely appealing. But how do hospitals develop a massage therapy program? And what is the actual experience of working in a hospital like for a massage therapist? These questions, although they seem simple on the surface, are actually quite complicated, and the answers are a kaleidoscope of possibilities. So in this episode, we're going to take a stroll into the world of hospital-based massage therapy to explore what it means to be a massage therapist at a hospital and how such programs get created. Joan lives in Chicagoland and works on the mother-baby floor of a large hospital. Generally, massage is a good idea and fits well into the day of a patient who has just given birth, but occasionally, if someone is experiencing something like heavy bleeding that is difficult to control, maybe it's not a good day for massage. When Joan arrives at the hospital, she gets what's called a census. This is a list of patients that includes information like the patient's name, age, reason for admission, and room number. In a different hospital, Joan might have access to the electronic health records of the patients she touches. In some systems, therapists have what is known as full read-write access, which would mean that Joan could both see patient health information and record her visits and notes in the patient's chart for other providers. Since Joan doesn't have this access, she uses the census and any additional information she is given by the nurses to do her rounds. She makes her way around the mother-baby floor knocking on doors and asking if people would like a massage. So, you know, once they, once they express an interest, I have them sign a release. I 
I've learned to tell them preemptively that there is no charge. Otherwise, they get very concerned about whether or not their insurance is going to cover it. And uh, I work with them while they're in the hospital bed. I usually sit them up a little bit, but they're just sitting like usual. And I do a little bit of neck and shoulder work. Joan gets a variety of answers when she offers free hospital-funded massage to patients. Some patients are very surprised and caught off guard. Some people have come to the hospital because they knew that the mother-baby floor provided massage as part of the care. And some people are absolutely not interested. Joan says that navigating these answers is part of what she likes about the job. I really like navigating that no. When I walk into the room and people are like, eh, and so... Sometimes it's as easy as, is it just a bad time or maybe tomorrow or it's not your thing? And they'll be like, no, not my thing. Okay, no problem. But sometimes, you know, you get that hesitation where you're like, okay, so I'm stepping into the room and saying, now tell me your thoughts. Have you had massage before? I can do this while you're holding the baby. I mean, I pretty much work around whatever they have going on as long as they're okay with it. Joan works for four or five hour shifts. And when she finishes her rounds, she's done for the day. Her schedule is extremely flexible and allows her to come in any time between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. She's one of several massage therapists on this team, and the hospital staffs a massage therapist every day. Sierra works for a hospital in Los Angeles. She's one of two massage therapists and the only one actually employed by the hospital. Her job was originally created because one of the certified nursing assistants who worked there went to massage school and knew somebody at administration. They asked if they could provide massage in the hospital, and this tiny, single-person team was created. Sierra was hired because that therapist, who'd been doing the job for 30 years, was retiring. Her day is similar to Joan's, but instead of talking to the charge nurse, she receives hospital orders from doctors and nurses. These hospital orders create a list that she then works from to see patients around the hospital. When Sierra first started, there were no hospital orders to be found because the system that had been set up originally involved a voicemail that no one seemed to be answering. Consequently, most doctors and nurses in the hospital had no idea there was a massage therapist on staff or that they could ask for their patients to receive massage. Sierra spent the first few months of her time at this hospital working with some of the nurses and talking to everybody about what a hospital-based massage therapist does and how they do it. It's been working out really, really well to the point, though, where the demand is way too much. And it's sometimes very overwhelming because you know that you're not going to be able to see everyone. And it's just sort of, you know telling management, showing management, look, we've got, you know, 40, 50 requests every day. And I have a Monday through Friday, five hour a day shift. So 25 hours a week. And it's far more than one person can handle because Sierra's hospital is eight floors plus two subfloors. And because she's supposed to follow the orders in the order that they were received, she spends a lot of time in transit and less time working with patients than she would like. While she does try to group them, sometimes that's not possible, so much of her day is spent trekking around the hospital. This kind of inefficiency is not uncommon in hospital-based programs. Because massage therapy is still such an outlier, the usual systems of flow and efficiency that are used for nurses, physical therapists, and other providers aren't yet utilized for massage therapists. One of the big differences between Joan and Sierra's jobs is where they're allowed to be. Because Joan is on a single floor and can essentially make cold calls to each patient room, she can see everyone that is available, but she isn't allowed to provide massage therapy in any other part of the hospital. 
I'm interested in more, more hands-on in the room experience. I would say, I, I feel like I, I don't know, like I've done all the things, many of the things, except for actually getting into the room and working with the people. That's where I feel like I'm certainly lacking because, you know, you can only read so much and talk to people so much. And when you finally have the opportunity to have someone ask you if they're dying and to handle that as best you can, like that's where the rubber meets the road, you know. Sierra, on the other hand, is not allowed to make cold calls and must work from her list. This means that these situations are exactly the opposite in the way that patients come to massage. Sierra's system is known as an opt-in system, where a provider has to initiate the massage request. And Joan's situation is known as opt-out, where everyone is offered a massage and can refuse. Both Sierra and Joan have had similar types of training. They've taken a specific hospital-based massage therapy course. They've done oncology massage training. Sierra has manual lymphatic drainage training, and both of them are absolutely 100% positive that the hardest part of their job has nothing to do with their hands and everything to do with communicating with people, both patients and staff. Joan and Sierra describe in different ways how difficult it is to treat people who are seriously ill, partially because it's difficult to know what to say in the face of their situations, and partially because treating the seriously ill brings up personal feelings in the massage therapist that they then have to deal with and can't deal with in front of the patient, because that's the job. In a hospital, every person you see one day might be having the worst day of their life. They're scared, they can't leave, and they're dealing with an overwhelming amount of decisions and challenges. I feel like I learned a lot about what goes on in a hospital in ways that I I have a tendency for, to forget about in Mother Baby because there are things where I'm mostly happy and you forget that other people in other areas of the building are dying and they're frightened and they're in pain. And yeah, so... I would say the most valuable valuable experience about that class was getting to be in the room with that and to be like, okay, this is, this is a serious, important thing that's happening here. I need to be present and I need to pay attention and I need to communicate. It's not going to be my clinical skills <laughs> that, that make this person's day better. While a massage therapist cannot change a patient's situation, massage can give them comfort. The massage a patient receives may be the only bright spot in their day. And as odd as it sounds, accepting patient gratitude can be its own kind of challenge. The hardest part for me was actually when someone is expressing a lot of gratitude or talking a lot about their personal life while I am working, my go-to in spa massage was always just to be quiet and of course not give advice or give any personal opinions or anything like that. But in being quiet, often I would feel like I also wasn't doing something, maybe quote, doing something to help. I was there doing their, you know, neck massage or their foot massage. And I was feeling like, okay, I know I'm not going to give advice. I know I'm not going to do all these other things I hear about not to do. But what can I do besides being quiet in a way that feels good to me too? 
I think there is a huge difference between just being quiet and with giving acknowledgement of I'm hearing you. I'm still learning how to do that in a skillful way of expressing, yes, I hear you. We'll be right back. Do you want to change the world? So do we. Join HealWell this September in Arlington, Virginia, when we host the event to remember. There will be classes and conversations. There will be old friends and new ones. And yes, there will be dancing. Come to HealWell Homecoming and let's keep this ball rolling. While both Joan and Sierra are considered employees of their hospital, they exist in a somewhat liminal space. They are often not considered part of the care team, although they do provide care. Joan says this can be an advantage. I feel like if I know too much about a patient, then that tends to be stuff for me to have to put behind me. And, you know, I... There's certainly a part of me that is like, I don't want to be in on the conversations about how difficult this person is being or that they're they're pressing the call button all the time or like, don't they know that they can do that thing on their own? Like, I, I don't want to don't want to go in the room and have to put that aside. So it's it's easier to not know those things. Sierra says she didn't feel like part of the care team until she gave birth in the hospital and a nurse recognized her. I didn't feel like I was a part of a care team actually until recently. Actually, I gave birth in the hospital. And when I was there, I was in this really small claustrophobic room. (laughs) And one of the nurses recognized me and said, oh, you're the massage lady that that came uh, to our department a little while ago. I said, yeah, that's me. And she said, oh, you're one of us. And they upgraded me to a huge room. I was like, oh, someone recognized me and remembered me, even with the mask. (laughs) That was the first time actually someone said, oh, you're one of us. While that was a lovely moment, the nature of Sierra's job is to travel around the hospital. And she says it's difficult to make connections with the staff when she's always on the go. So where does a hospital-based massage therapist find support? I met both Joan and Sierra in the HealWell online community where I moderate and curate content. HealWell is a nonprofit that provides education for all healthcare providers on issues like social justice and healthcare, and more specific training for massage therapists in topics like pediatric massage, scar tissue work, and oncology massage. The community provides a place to connect and has a special hospital-based massage group led by Cal Cates, HealWell's executive director, and Laura Bryant-Erner, HealWell's service director. Definitely the being the single therapist. That is why I go to the Hillwell <laughs> online forum boards. And, and that, actually, that is what brought me to participation because I definitely don't have all the answers for problems that come up. And I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel over there. I'm trying to see what other people are doing and hopefully come up with some best practices and hopefully grow the department. I mean, we have doubled. (laughs) We were one and now we are two. Growing a department is a worthy goal, but what about starting a department? 
how does a massage therapy program get into a hospital in the first place? Well, HealWell doesn't only do education. We also have a robust service department headed by the incomparable Laura Bryant Erner that serves the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. HealWell's model is different from the traditional in-house massage therapist. HealWell hires massage therapists and then contracts with the healthcare facilities to provide massage to patients and sometimes staff. HealWell works in hospitals, memory care facilities, in-home hospice and palliative care, pediatrics, ICUs, and both inpatient and outpatient infusion clinics where people get chemotherapy. We also collaborate in research about hospital-based massage therapy at the MedStar Washington Hospital Center, a 912-bed facility that focuses on underserved communities, as well as at Children's National Hospital. According to Laura, the first step to building a hospital-based program is simple. Let me back up. First and foremost, let me make sure that you are qualified to do this work. And if you are not, (laughs) run. Don't walk to a... (laughs) education provider closest to you. (laughs) As basic as this seems, when Sierra had to hire a replacement for her position while she was on maternity leave, she said every application she received was from people who were utterly unqualified. But out of 50 or so applicants, there was not, there was not one person who'd done an oncology class. There was not one person who'd done any lymphatic drainage class. There was not one person who had anything outside of massage school, and a lot of them it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, who have done nothing else for their education. That education isn't only about techniques. It's about less tangible things, like understanding how to conduct yourself in a hospital, a task which can be very overwhelming if you simply try to walk in and figure it out. Also, having experience with other practitioners and the day-to-day of a hospital, like dealing with the electronic health record system. These aren't things that are taught in foundational massage school. Massage therapists also need a deeper understanding of the medical conditions they will encounter so they can modify their work in the moment. Undertreating, overtreating, and causing harm are all real possibilities. And remember when I said that both Joan and Sierra agree that the hardest part of the job has nothing to do with their hands? I think also something that doesn't get talked about a lot is, is the internal work that we do within ourselves, the education for what does providing massage in these intense situations, settings, can create emotional distress within ourselves if we're not aware that that's a possibility and being aware within ourselves of I am feeling some burnout, I am feeling grief, I am feeling anger, I am I am experiencing you know, serious biases. Like, and so having that education, having that knowledge of, yep, this is all that's happening inside of me and I'm going to be aware of it and I'm going to honor it so that I can continue this work and I can be the best practitioner for this patient and be the best practitioner for this care partner and for this practitioner it is, I think, crucial to continue to have longevity in this career working in a hospital. Okay. Education, check. Ambition, check. Now what? The next steps in no particular order are making friends, providing your friends with data, and finding money. If it's possible to make friends with the people in charge of the money, absolutely do that. HealWell funds its programs in several ways. Some programs are funded by grants, and some of those grants are specifically for research. 
Some programs are funded by philanthropic donations. Some facilities themselves fund the massage programs out of their own budgets. Finding and renewing funding sources is a constant process that requires thinking ahead, often by a couple of years. The people who help with the funding are also different at every location. It may be a physician at one location, an administration or a director at another. Healwell works with chaplains, nurses, and other staff as well. The more advocates a program has, the more likely it will continue to be funded. This brings us to the making friends part. Where can these friends be found? So I'm, you know, running around with a flashlight looking under rocks going, hello, are you under here? <laughs> it, you know, oftentimes it is making friends, making acquaintances, making connections, and then asking that person, hey, who, who do you know that I could talk to, that we could talk to about starting a program? And it is often as a stepping stone pathway to getting to the person who makes these kind of decisions. If the end goal is the person with the budget, the starting line is the people on the front lines. Before Sierra was able to fix the system she worked in so that she could see patients, she did chair massage for the nurses. She realized that most of the nurses had very little experience with massage, and what they did have was probably from a spa or a cruise ship. They were expecting heavy pressure and elbow drops for 60 minutes instead of the 15 to 20 minutes of gentle pressure that would actually be given to patients. Some of them imagine Sierra carrying a table or a chair around and expecting patients to have to get out of their hospital beds, undress, and climb in in order to get a massage. I would start off like a normal chair massage, and then I would say, well, just so you know, when uh, I see a patient, I don't use this type of pressure. I go much gentler like this, and I would demonstrate for them, and I would weave in (laughs) what a session is like for patients. And um, I had really good feedback from them. They would be all in once they kind of experienced it for themselves. Laura talks about educating doctors. Most massage therapists assume doctors are educated in everything, but everything is a big ask for anyone. Many doctors have no better picture of massage than Sierra's nurses. They have no idea what massage could do for their patients. These are the symptoms that we can help manage nausea, pain, anxiety, depression, fatigue. And here is the research to back it up. And oh, by the way, some other other symptoms that we can ameliorate might be scar tissues, might be, you know, chemo-induced peripheral neuropathy. It, again, it's just a knowledge gap. They don't know what we do. I certainly don't know how to operate on somebody's brain. So it's about it's about information exchange and being open to knowing that you know what you know and feeling competent and confident in what you know and then being able to take what you know and relay it to somebody and being able to say like hey these are all the wonderful things that I can do and this is why it is appropriate to alleviate any concerns they have, and also to get them on board into them becoming an advocate. Once advocates have been located, they'll need data to pass on. There are a few ways to accomplish this, and Laura describes a way to both get a foot in the door and collect data at the same time. Start following stepping stones to people that you can talk to to share a vision of a program that you would like to start. And oftentimes you can couch it as a pilot study. So a short amount of time, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 
saying, hey, this is my proposed program in this setting. So for example, in an infusion setting, chemotherapy infusion center, twice a week, two hours a day. And these are the things that we're going to look at. We could look at peacefulness. We could look at anxiety. We could look at pain. We could look at experience. And then at the end of this set time period, let's continue this conversation of how would this look like if you funded it with these hours, with these days. But it's, it's about having the courage to put yourself out there, which can be daunting for all of us for many different reasons. HealWell's research grants look at all kinds of measures for hospital-based massage therapy. Collecting patient quotes is one of the very best ways to show a program's effect on patient experience. Laura refers to patient quotes as pure gold. HealWell recently published a study in the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management about dosing, which studied metrics like distress, pain, and peacefulness. HealWell also looks at measures like whether massage therapy can change how often patients push the call button, if it can increase patient communication and engagement with nurses, and how calm the patients are after massage therapy. This shows that the benefits are not only for the patients. They make the staff's job easier as well. In a system where providers are burning out at record rates, staff retention has become extremely important. It costs an average of $50,000 and as much as $70,000 to hire a new nurse, which means efforts to reduce job friction and increase job satisfaction can go a long way toward helping hospitals maintain a healthy bottom line. Research into cost-benefit analysis of hospital-based massage therapy programs is very much on HealWell's radar. Make friends. Gather data. Find money. There is no one way to create a hospital-based massage program and no one program that works best. This field is still relatively new, and there are a million ways to succeed and fail. Sierra talks about the struggle. Well, one thing I've noticed since joining the Hewell Forum Boards was that we're all experiencing the same problems, <laughs> and sometimes it seems like, like people are waiting for an answer or for there to be like this way of doing things that works. And I don't think that's possible. I think that every situation is different and it's taking a lot of talking and advocating by the therapist and making those human connections which is not easy to do. A lot of that is based on luck and persistence in order for things to happen. There are days when I am very energized by it all and I'm doing all of that. And there are days when I feel like I am making no difference at all <laughs> and Sometimes I feel like uh, the changes that I have made there are like great. And other times I'm like, oh, we're so behind on everyone else. <laughs> and Laura talks about the promise. I think we're going to see an increase in programs. I really do. I think, you know, it's it's a slow roll, but there's there's momentum happening that hospitals, especially in our area, um, they're almost competing with each other to be able to provide massage therapy to more and more, more 
your patients. Uh, and I will admit to, to dropping some names when I talk to these folks about programming and say, oh, well, guess what? Healwell provides this many hours at this hospital. Don't you at least want to be competitive? The road is long, but it is worth it for so many reasons. I'll let Joan, Sierra, and Laura tell you why. It has been interesting to see how, generally speaking, more appreciative mom new moms are of massage than my regular clients. I mean, they're appreciative. But often the new moms are like, you don't understand. And I'm like, you're right, I don't. So, but I feel like their response has been, like some of them are like, oh, that was nice, you know, but more more than in the uh, the rest of my practice, they have been like, oh my God, I, I feel so much better. Thank you so much. I needed that. So I feel like I'm making their experience, their hospital stay a little bit less stressful. What I like most about the job actually is surprising people on how much massage therapy can make a difference. And that's with patients and and with staff. I like to think that all of the trainings that I've done and self-work that I do does translate into a better experience during a very important time in someone's life of being a little bit easier. I would just say that I I find this work incredibly fulfilling from a, a personal standpoint. I adore hospital work. I adore I adore the the mental stimulation it provides me. Um, I am so appreciative of the time that I get to spend with working with people that are in these critical settings and their care partners. I and just really honored to be able to do this work. I, I think there are other like-minded people out in the world who hopefully would find it equally stimulating for themselves. Um, and I, I, I believe that this is a really important aspect of massage therapy that is not utilized enough as a career for massage therapists. And it's a therapy that's not utilized enough in critical care settings. The dream of spreading massage to hospitals is alive, well, and building up ahead of steam. If you want to be a part of this train, come on over to the Healwell community at community.healwell.org or sign up for one of Healwell's courses at online.healwell.org. See you on the flip side. This podcast was written, recorded, and edited by Corey Rivera. Special thanks to Laura Bryant Erner and Cal Cates for their script edits. If you liked or didn't like what you heard, please let us know either way by sending an email to podcast at hewell.org. Thank you for listening.
If you enjoy interdisciplinary, you should check out Healwell's new show, The Rub, a podcast about massage therapy. You can click the link in the show notes or find The Rub wherever you listen to podcasts. See you there.